You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. All right, let's get into our Family Matters feature now. And on our Family Matters feature today, I want us to, to have a conversation about different beliefs in one family. How do you navigate different beliefs in one family? It could be beliefs on anything, politics, religion, social issues, sexuality. It could be anything. Because the reality is each and every person is raised under certain beliefs, right? Beliefs that are linked to religion, they link to traditional customs and other forms of beliefs. But as time goes, people are introduced to other beliefs. And they can decide for themselves to stop practicing what they were introduced to by their family. So they grow to see the world in a different perspective. So how can families accommodate each other's beliefs without offending one another, right? Because belief is conviction that we generally accept to be true and our belief systems can change over time as we evolve. So how can families deal with that? And maybe you've got some tips on how you have handled it and you have handled it in your own family. You can give me a call on 011-883-0702. Maybe you're still struggling, right? You're struggling because, you know, you've raised your children to... And under this belief system, but they've grown older to have their own worldview and they believe something different, right? They see the world differently to how you've raised them to see it. How difficult is that as a parent looking at your children evolve like that? And if you are in a family that's still struggling and you're still navigating that, I want to hear from you. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. We've got Palisa Khadebe, who's the CEO and psychologist at Neo Psych Services, who's in studio with us and will be guiding us through this discussion. And I'll be taking your calls and WhatsApp voice notes as well. Palisa, thank you so much for coming into studio. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Good morning. Jeez, um, it, it can be a tough one, right? Um, and maybe let's, let's start talking about it from a perspective of a parent. Because I imagine, mm. I mean, all of us as kids, we were raised under certain belief systems. Mm. But as we grow older, we understand the world better. We make our, self-determin- our own self-determinations and we may change religions. Mm. We may stop believing in, what, in, in how, what we were raised to believe. How difficult can that sometimes be on parents looking at their children quote-unquote, turn away from what they were raised to be and what they were raised to, how they were raised to see the world? It it can be, well, depending, I guess, on the way in which you were raised yourself Mm. um, and how it is you kind of envision your family moving forward. The transitional period in that awareness of the change is probably where the hardest and the most taxing um, part of the conversation comes in. Because I think parents and individuals who have children more often than not have an idea of what it is would be best suited to their narrative. And when Mm. the narrative now changes and it's more suited to the individual from their contextual environment or their um, understanding of what it is they want for their lives, a parent then feels fundamentally out of control. They feel as though the lessons that they have come to understand, the lessons that they know work and have produced, in their opinion, positive outcomes is the only way that life can be done, number one, and a successful life can be attained. So the moment, you know, I've been taught to go left all my life and then I decide, no, for this one, I want to go right. Parents and individuals then don't understand what that speaks to or what that will look like. And therefore, um, a sense of fear becomes very deep-seated in them and then they get worried. And so the need to then regain control by fighting, by being in conflict and by Mm. not necessarily giving opportunity for difference definitely does then arise. So the transition is the painful thing. Sure. And then 
so how then as a family can you accommodate each other so if if you've got a mom who who is uh, religious and 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 believes in certain things as a result of um that religion whether it's issues around sexuality mm-hmm. um you know wh- whether it's different issues right the basis of that becomes then that religious belief yeah. and then maybe you've got a dad who is not religious who believe in yeah. You know, a different belief system. You've got kids who are maybe um, agnostic. They don't believe mm-hmm. in the God. Mm-hmm. As a family, then how do you navigate that so that you are welcoming of each other and mm-hmm. you understand that all of us have our own journeys? Mm. I want to give a bit of a background before I get directly to the answer to the question. Mm. I think what I want us to kind of do is understand it from a, a perspective of interpersonal interaction, or in this case, you know, focusing more so on the community side of it. And when you consider interactional communication and engagement within the community space, there are two major values that are involved or paradigms from which we kind of seek um, um, a, a level of understanding and rooting. And the first is that of, um, a, feeling to, of a feeling of belonging, so to belong. The second is that um, of to be understood or to understand. And what those then kind of bring about is a sense of control based on how predictable the environment or the situation therefore is. And so when we talk particularly in this case about faith, we kind of need to understand it from a, a bit of an inversely proportional standpoint. So when we think about inverse proportionality, when one is up, the other one will naturally be l- lower. So when one is increased, the other one's decreased. And so that paradigm is then speaking of unpredictability or the level of unpredictability and then the level of your knowledge or your knowledge base. So when we find conflict, very often you find that the person who might be the one in the sense of space of attack has their knowledge base very, very low. What then naturally happens is your naturally unpredictability is the one that's inverse, so it's a little bit higher. Mm. And what does knowledge speak to? Your knowledge speaks to understanding of the role understanding of the practices and understanding of all the elements in there and because we are human and we a lot of our initiation and our behaviors come from this place of fear if i don't understand what is going on and what to expect my level of fear is increased and therefore i'm more um, a heightened awareness i'm in essence freaking out and not sure how it is i will then rein in everything mm-hmm. and so when our unpredictability is very high in that regard we then go into our default, and then we hold on to a place that can kind of measure up the, the, the proportionalities, or we go in, we make sure that we can regain a sense of control by holding on to the faith, the knowledge, the situation that we have better knowledge in. So then it changes. So now your, your, your higher knowledge base will then maybe be your Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the level of predict- unpredictability rather is much lower. So we naturally just try and regain a sense of capacity to reduce our sense of feeling threatened or, um, you know, unable to create a sense of safety for ourselves, particularly, but then all those around us. Sure. That's, that's really interesting. Um, so the, what I also pick up, um, especially in families where, you know, we've got like old parents or old grandparents, mm-hmm is that sometimes there's no understanding of of how things are evolving right when when you are saying i'm agnostic and i don't believe in a god like they they could some immediately think oh my demoni what is yes. that you know yes. um because there is no understanding and maybe to no fault of their own mm-hmm. of just the how like how important self-determination is and how people can 
you know, look at the different scenarios, mm, what serves exactly. them, and, and decide agency. this is yes. what works for me. Their urgency, the yes. Agency, 100%. So in that context, then how do you deal with it? Because it's not like our grandparents or our parents are like, just being rigid and stubborn and aggressive in what they believe in is they've not been exposed to what's out there 100 percent. and exposure speaks to knowledge exposure speaks to communication but also you kind of spoken to the notion of different opinions and i always say to my patients and my clients that you have more than one choice Mm -hmm. granted in those other additional choices it might not necessarily be very comfortable to acknowledge but you still nevertheless have it and when we talk about agency we find it very uncomfortable and uh, an experience of intolerability when things aren't necessarily aligned in a way that is of best fit to you and I think that's where the difficulty mostly comes in so you ask how then do we manage manage this or navigate through this number one is respect Mm. and I think it's understanding respect in the way it is it's termed in maybe a dictionary or outside of yourself and not you as Mm. you know an individual um, or a father as a parent whatever it might be and in this regard the respect speaks to an understanding of the additions that exist in life outside of your own opinion again Mm. so in that stance it's a situation of i might not necessarily understand or accept it fully in terms of my practicing it but i cannot shun it just because i don't necessarily see it it is still in practice it is still Mm. in knowledge and then so we need to be always coming from an agree to disagree place almost recognizing that the difference isn't necessarily wrong but it also isn't necessarily right it's just exactly as it is. Different. Sure. And, and sometimes you're going to need the intervention of a third mm. party. Um, in other words, if, if, you, if you've got the resources to at least bring in a psychologist, have a family meeting so that yeah. there can be an understanding of our different perspectives and our different lives and the choices we've made, if it's, if it's a choice about religion or whatever the case is. But in some instances, I mean, for, for those who don't have the resources to bring in a psychologist, can you bring in an mm. aunt an uncle someone to to mediate because the problem with that also is do you go to the aunt who holds the same (laughs) the same beliefs and and expectations as these parents you're trying to help understand your agency Mm. or do you bring in someone who understands your agency and and their job is literally to just get your parents to understand or can you find Mm. someone neutral really who can say we hear where all of you are coming from but for the purposes of peace and and having all of you live your lives let's just understand and that we disagree um, but these are our lives and we can continue loving each other even though we don't see eye to eye on certain issues i would like to say that the 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 most immediate response i have to that would be all of the above Mm. (laughs) and what i mean by that is um remember that especially within the psychological space, mm. even if someone does choose that route. My job as a psychologist is not to tell you what to do, but to give you a platform in order for your voice and your opinions to be heard. So if you can find a pastor, a family member, a neutral um, you know, third party to come in and do that, the work within the therapy space can still be successfully obtained. So all we have to do is just be open in understanding that there may be differences, but they don't necessarily speak to a lack of um, or a difference in the love, the community, and the unity that 
is the structure of family but that is not necessarily an easy thing for anyone to do so i would say try them because like i said you've got many options try what you can but also remember that the agenda should not just be yours alone because where you have an understanding of what it is your stance is the acting the act of imposition or the forcing of your views for your own benefit is also not necessarily the best way to attack any type of conversational space mm, yeah oh one one eight eight three oh seven oh two i'm gonna take your calls now um, if you have some tips, maybe you come from a family that's been able to navigate having different belief systems. Um, uh, in fact, I also wanted to um, correct something. I got a call earlier, not a call, but a tweet from Dimakats on Twitter says, but Clement, uh, sexuality is not a belief. It's an mm. identity. And yes, indeed, mm. you're right, Dimakato. Um, it was my phrasing that was wrong. What I meant was belief systems that influences people's approach to even issues around sexuality as an identity, i.e., you know, religion or cultural beliefs and people that may, you know, want to say this is my approach as a result of that belief. But thank you so much for raising that out, Dimakato. So how have you been dealing with this in your family? Um, have you found ways, right, to accept each other in your family unit? Um, give me a call on 011-883-0702. And if you're still struggling with that or you've got a question on how you can deal with it as a parent, as a, as a child, um, as an in-law, you can ask those. Also send your WhatsApp voice note on 072-702-1702. 702. Family Matters. All right, it's 23 minutes after 11 o'clock. We continue our conversation with, with Balesa Khadeb, who is the CEO and psychologist at Neo Psych Services. And I'm going to your calls now. I've got some of the messages as well uh, that are coming through. Maybe let's start with Jabu, who's calling us from Guatemala. Jabu, good morning. Morning, Mr. Clement. How are you? I'm all right. Jabu, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm. I just wanted to chip in there. Tina, me, I'm a Muslim, ne? Mm-hmm. and my two other brothers are Muslim, but we found um, uh, Islam at a later stage of life. Mm. So growing up, my grandma, my moms were Christians, but they were also traditional, so they would use also perform those uh, traditional ceremonies and stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, on a Friday, remember those programs that used to play for five minutes on TV? Maybe it's a Thursday, yeah. they're going to call, yeah, and then on a Friday, there's a, a Muslim preacher that's going to do a, a, a little sermon yeah, mm. on TV, on, yeah. So my mom used to call me and say, hey, Chabu, was a nice isn't Isn't They were very supportive. I knew oh, wow. they didn't understand what it was, but they were so supportive in such a way that when me and my brothers embraced Islam mm. and then uh, having to explain to them what is happening, why what uh, what meat do we eat and how do you slaughter mm. it. for example, Umshato or Vatlabela, whatever that they do, uh, they would call us, even my uncles would call us and say, hey, come slaughter the cow for us, the way you do it at home, you know. Mm. So I got a daughter. She goes to a Muslim school as well in Springs Muslim mm. School. Mm. Uh, she's growing up now. She's about 12. But as soon as Naya, she tries to find herself, I don't think I'm going to be the one telling her which belief system or which religion she should take. Exactly. She feels that mm. Islam is not for her. Then that's it. Yes. My parents did the same to me, you know. Oh. So I think... Yeah. Kudos to your parents, Jabu. Lucky ones. Yeah, Sorry. kudos to your parents. I mean, geez, you don't find them like that in mm-hmm. most cases, yeah, Jabu. You so never, I appreciate them. So may they rest in power. And what I like, Jabu, is that you 
are now also taking the baton and you're saying to your children, I'm not going to be instructing you on what to follow. This is how I may raise you growing up, but you have agency. And when you decide what serves you right, as a parent, I'm going to be supporting you. Thank you for that call, Jabu. It helps when you've got such supportive parents, right? 100%. It sounds to me that Jabu is one of the very few, like you had said, who's parents understood the notion of respect first mm. so i don't necessarily understand or agree completely but hey do you and and i think you know as he was kind of sharing he spoke about how they would come and they'd ask it cut it or rather mm. slaughter the, the the cow how it is you would do it what that then kind of indicates is the notion that i've spoken about where the knowledge has now gone up mm. it's no longer unpredictable mm. or how it is the steps that he takes move forward so mm. it's it's an openness which which creates a lot of space for differential communication where you don't feel like you have to defend yourself you just have to listen mm. and that doesn't cost you a thing just listen um it doesn't cost you thing i like that <laughs> okay so we've taken jabu um let's take uh, this voice note that's come on 072-702-1702 i clement i think i'm also in that situation of my family believing in something completely different as i but what i find that works all the time is if you bring it up respectfully and tell them the reasons from school and from scratch then they understand so you, they will not agree in whatever you want, but at least they understand. And then I think for me, the trick is to say it respectfully. Mm. Okay. So have that conversation respectfully. You know, yeah, it's respecting. It's so important. I mean, I'm, I'm just imagine, I'm just remembering, you know, what happens in my own family where I've got parents who by a passer, you know, they okay. talk to the ancestors, ancestors. And me and my siblings don't really take part in those things. It's a, it's a decision we've made. Um, and, but we respect that, mm. right? Um, we are not going to talk bad about it just because it's, it's something we don't take part in. When they have ceremonies, I mean, this weekend I'm going to a cousin is coming from an initiation schools. Okay. Do I have views about initiation schools? Of course. And you know that we've spoken <laughs> about it on the radio. But I also understand and appreciate that I've got family members who believe in that and when they've got ceremonies i go and i support because mm. you are understanding that we see things differently mm. right so um but, but also i think in, in addition to that sorry yeah. also in addition to that it's not your choice to make yeah pull yourself out of it not everything is about you and i think yes. that's very hard for people to fully understand because mm. you're talking down and it's like no it's not about I, you it's not it's not about yeah. you and and that is um where you know, just the letting go and mm. the intoler intolerability of it all kind of stays yeah. mostly. Yeah. Buitoko, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good morning. Hi, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. How's it? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I also went through uh, the same thing because mm. my parents, they, they are very traditional and my father's side actually are healers. Mm. And I got saved in my teens. And uh, we had several family meetings where I was told how wrong I was and all these things. Mm. I think uh, the best thing, um, or just my aunt, who actually who said, listen, leave the chocolate alone. At least if you're choosing clubs or a part last time or being breakfast, you're choosing church. Mm. And that's how I was released. Uh, and I remember when um, we had like a chat with my husband, we had to have a talk to say what happens if our kids choose a different lifestyle than the one that we are subscribing to. And we said uh, that 
for us, it is raising kids who are able to think independently by themselves. And, you know, we can put our family values, but if they choose to go somewhere else, the best thing that we know that you have that we have raised people that are able to think for themselves, yes. they're able to stand and they're able to think for what they need to be instead of us imposing our beliefs into uh, into them. Yeah. So I think that's what we as parents need to feel the young ones that we are raising people who have uh, thinking capacity allow them to be who they need to be mm-hmm. so that they can fulfill uh, their mandate on earth. That is basically um, my thought. I like right that. Now. Oh, I like that as parent. parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Buitoko, thank you for calling. Is this Buitoko who's always tweeting me? Yes. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice because I talk to you on Twitter, but I've never heard your voice. Uh, thanks for calling in. You know, you've got those listeners who are always tweeting about the show, but um, you've never really spoken to them. So it's good to hear we talk as, um voice there. Okay, we're going to take the latest in Eyewitness News headlines. When we come back, Palace, I want us to talk about uh, that pleasing element and the shame that comes with that. There are people who grew up living a lie, so to speak, because mm-hmm. they their family didn't create a conducive environment for them to live their true self, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because they were trying to be pleasing their families, there was shame over mm-hmm. what they chose, if it's a religion they chose, or shame over their identity, mm-hmm. um, if it's issues around sexuality. So we'll talk about that after the latest in Eyewitness News headline. 702 Family Matters. It's 11.33. Um, let's continue with our Family Matters feature now. Your call's on 011-883-0702. Um, here's a message I've received, Palesa, from Anonymous. So he has, or she has screen. So they did a screenshot of like a three messages, and I don't know where they come from, but they say, one says, my Christian mom hit me and swore at me for being an atheist. What should I do? I'm only 13, so I can't move out or do anything. What can I do? Another message says, I'm 15 and I'm an atheist. My parents are Christian and they found out they threatened to kick me out. Mm-hmm. What should I do? And the last one says, I'm secretly an atheist, but my parents are pretty religious. If I tell them I'm an atheist, they are probably going to kick me out of the house or disown me. And then this listener, right, having tagged these messages says, but Clement and Balesa, are there always other options? I feel like personally, I pretended I was old until I was old and on my own before I told anyone that I am an atheist. Mm. So there are some people then, Palisa, who don't have a choice but to just live with it, so to speak, or they think they don't have a choice. And Mm. it can be tricky because there are power relations as well, right? Not equal. You are dependent on Mm -hmm. these people and they're saying, this is Mm -hmm. how we do things here. And if you're coming and saying, I don't believe in this God you've believed in since you were young, Mm. I mean, they could do anything. You could be kicked out and then what? You know, I think just mainly speaking to the younger minors that you had kind of, I think it was the SM earlier tweets yeah. that you had spoken to. It's, that one's very tricky. And I think when it comes to that, you've got to remember that the option that you probably desire might not currently be accessible to you, mm-hmm. i.e. moving out or building your own homestead or whatever it might be. Yeah. However, you do have... Oh, 
have is a strong word. You, there is the possibility of creating your own safe haven in different spaces for now, maybe outside of the home. And what I mean mm. is faith groups that understand or um, community spaces mm. that speak the same language as you. Now, you don't do this in, in, in a hiding space. You don't necessarily, you know, um, conceal it from the people that are in your family. But you express to them as much as you can. Would say, okay, so this is what's taking place. And I need a place for me to also belong, mm. for my voice to be heard. Mm. Because the outcome of that, um, that last tweet that you kind of mentioned, is usually the fact that, and I think parents don't understand how much of an impact not being open or expressive does, because it creates a, a considerable amount of isolation in the individual. Isolated in that um, they are fearful of initiating any type of engagement. So we, we call it shame versus initiation, and that's kind of one of the developmental stages mm. in a child's life. So depending on especially how young the child is, if I am consistently ridiculed and told that my thoughts and whatever is my opinion is incorrect, there's going to be a constant fear of persecution. And what that then develops as you get older is that I have um, a lowered sense of trust in my thoughts, mm -hmm. trust in my own judgment, trust in anything that I feel like is of benefit to me. And that then naturally turns into a people-pleasing personality type. Because I've learned wow. from home that mm -hmm. this is how you engage with people. You listen to what mm -hmm. they want. And because it Yeah, for me to be acceptable also at home, I had to please. And, so. to, ref and, and to avoid conflict. Because mm -hmm. no one wants to live in mayhem and chaos. So I've learned, Mama no Baba, they say this. Or my family, my friends, they say this. And because I want to belong because i want to be accepted in whatever form it comes mm. be quiet and pay attention and follow rules then once i have access to the way in which i want to live my life mm. then you see them run away people don't speak to their families Whew, yeah it's reminding me of a conversation we had on the show about i don't remember what we um what did we define it as that conversation we had about people who live their lives when they are much older. Mm. So, in other words, there are people that were suppressing, 100%. like they couldn't be open about their sexuality because mm. the parents would have kicked them out at the very least. Mm. So, they were suppressing that. And then when they are like 35 and they are in a space where they can, then they start they living and they go big. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They're like, my goodness, I haven't been me in Absolutely. the last 35 and years and I'm going most. to take it. They do the most. And I think we, we, we need to remember also that, especially in the Christian face, we say reborn or rebirth. People do those rebirths in different spaces as well. That I'm reborn as mm. my mm. So happily lesbian self or my atheist self mm. or my African traditional you know, spirituality Rebirths happen in every different way. We just need to remember that the end goal is the same. Yeah. It's to live a life that says, and this is okay. Yeah. It's not the same as you, but that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to put up a podcast of that conversation on Twitter. It was something about living your authentic self. Um, and sometimes people were deprived of that opportunity to live that authentic self when they were younger. And when they are now dependent on themselves, they are free to live that they take it and they run with it. I'm going to put up that podcast if you missed it on Twitter. Timothy, you're calling us from Highlands North. Good morning. Hello. Hey, Timothy, how are you doing? Uh, it's not Timothy, it's Philip. Is it Philip? Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, thank you, Philip. Matter. doesn't matter. Hi. Um, um, I have a son who's 27 at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, he's getting married to, to a guy next month. Mm. Um, but when he was 17 in high school, he came to us, to my wife and I, and he said, you know, I, I, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you that I'm gay. Um, 
And like my wife said to him, well, I've known, mm. I've known all along. Mm. And I mm. said to him, has that, I said, what, what has actually changed? And uh, he, him and his fiance are as happy as anything. I'm Jewish. The fiance is Christian. Mm. Um, and, and they both have such respect for us. And whenever my son like phones me, he'll always end up the conversation saying, love you, dad. And I think that to me is what's Aww. so important. Oh, Philip, that's just incredible. And kudos to you and your wife for being mm. such incredible parents that listen and they're able to support what makes your children happy. Right, and knowing that it's not about you, but it's about your son. And if you see that your son is happy, I mean, that's what matters. So kudos to you guys as parents. Thanks. Yeah, thank I think it also, it's also coming from a selfless perspective. Sometimes yeah. people try to have children in order to dictate and be heard mm. because you must listen to what I say and then just follow through. Don't oh, the children questions. must also live the dream. I was through unable. Yeah. 100%. So you're dictating. So. Yeah. Let's listen to another voice note. Uh, Clemente, good morning. Um, I would like to remain anonymous, but then yeah, you are from Pumalanga. I know that you will understand. I'm the belly. I'm coming from the mountain, so to speak. Right now, I have four boys, and I've decided that I do not want to take them to the mountain. And guess what? It has created a very, 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 very big problem in my family. People don't talk to me no more, and stuff, man. Yeah, but then yeah, such a sensitive topic. Thanks so much, my brother. Oh, I'm so sorry that because they're making it about themselves, right? Balisa? So that's why now they're angry and projecting that because. You're not following my script. Yeah, my script. It's your life, but my script. Yeah, I expect you to do this. 100%. So how dare you have something totally different? Exactly. And, and I get what you're talking about. I mean, where we come from, there, there was a point. I mean, my mom, my mom is in Debele, so they go to, to the mountains. And I remember there was a point when I was younger where my mom had to take me away from where I grew up in my, my portla because there were conversations even among some other people I grew up with that they were going to take me forcefully <laughs> to the mountain. Yeah, I've heard of that actually. <laughs> so I had okay. to be safe from being abducted. Literally, yeah. But I mean, is, is that the length that people are willing to go to to make sure that their script is the one that is being followed? Yes. Why? Because of the, the, the reducing of the unpredictability. It goes back down to that because if I know what is to follow, mm. I don't have to now be out here trying to make, 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 gain a bit of an understanding. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, in, in living your authentic life, you are then bearing a huge cross because what comes with authenticity is an understanding that you don't owe anyone anything. Mm. And when you don't owe anyone anything, you know, you live your life the, the, the way you want to. And so mm. people don't find that very comfortable for them. Mm. So in, in, in that experience and then walking that process, you've got to be supported and understanding in the fact that you might lose along the way a lot. Mm. Whether it be people who have shown you support in, in ways that you didn't expect, but then because this is just something that doesn't necessarily align with them, mm. then you lose them. Or family or whatever it might be. But in consistently understanding that the reasons why the boundaries, the barriers, the, the, the limitations and the understanding is set in place is for your benefit. Mm. And that is mm. nothing wrong with that. I always say it's not being selfish. You're self-preserving. Mm. And people tend to cross and overlook those lines. Not everything itself is just I know what will help me move from day to day. You need not fully accept it, mm. but you need to respect what I'm saying. Exactly. Just respect people's decisions and their agency. Mm. Here's another message from Anonymous. Hi, Clement. My question is, 
What advice does Balesa have for interfaith couples who have different cultures and religions? Mm. The differences can become stuck, uh, can become stuck later on in the relationship, and there's little support mm. from families or communities if they disapprove of the union to begin with. Even having that conversation with each other's families to take the relationship forward may seem impossible, knowing they might disown you for choosing a partner of a different religion or culture. So Anonymous is asking, what advice do you have for interfaith couples who have got these different cultures and religions? Because that's another tough one, right? We now are one if you're married. So we've got to, I mean, do you even have to choose Palisa or could it be a matter of do you? I do me. We love each other. And the fact that we follow different religions or beliefs doesn't reduce our love for each other. Absolutely. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Mm. But we, we, are, we don't live in isolation. We live in community and with people, right? So much like I had said, we have these options. But again, in having the option and making the selection that you make, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So in my advice and in, a, in my just kind of talking through that particular thing, it would be maybe like three areas. Number one, it comes from the respect space. So you would be like I, well, like I was saying earlier, explain what is going on. Set the, the, the record straight, Kuti. I'm here and I'm trying to do this, or we're here and we're trying to live our lives in this sense. Again, authenticity, people might not necessarily understand it, but if you are standing in your power and in your understanding, which means you knowing without any type of um, imposition or words from another person as to why this decision is of importance to you, then you have every right to move forward as long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else intentionally. Mm. Then from there, it's about just having, a, a, just facing the issue, stating what it is and, and, and helping people understand again with that inverse proportionality that I've mentioned, where you are explaining in terms of the what, the how, and the why. So why is it important? What does this relationship look like? How are we going to raise? And then you kind of um, appeasing other individuals. And the appeasing is not so much giving in, but just also, again, like I was saying, you have to also be aware that you need to, be understanding of the, the, the transition that takes place. So mm. it's, it's, it's give and take. You can't be the one who's the only one who's voicing their opinion and then other people can't. Mm. You know, we have to be in a communicative space. So when you're explaining and facing the issue for what it is, we're then now able to change up the proportionality where there's a little bit more understanding and there's a, less, mm. a lot less unpredictability and then we move forward from there. Yeah. We get mediators thereafter, whether it be a psychologist or mm. you know, family members who are understanding. You just take it one day at a time. Now, speaking of mediators, um, the importance of counselling as, mm. as a collective. I mean... <laughs> A lot of, in fact, probably all families have experienced some kind of trauma. And, but we are always not amenable to mm. sitting down and this external party hearing us sort of like put our dirty laundry for, it, for, for, for that person to see. Mm. So how do you even start the conversation for, for your own family to go to counseling and you guys go as a collective? Because we've got a lot of unresolved things, Palisa, yeah. that, we have buried under the carpet with our families because we're not willing to do that work of, and it's a difficult work. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. The work of sitting down and saying, Mm -hmm. this is how we feel because of what has happened and how do we move forward genuinely? Because Mm -hmm. for a lot of time, we put up this 
facade. Yeah, the defense mechanism. Mm. You know, therapy, the best and worst thing about it is that you have to face yourself. And in the facing of yourself, you have to acknowledge that I have some sorries. I'm, 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 I'm sorries and apologies that I have to give. Oh, you know how many people would die to just hear those stories? And it changes oh. everything. Why? Because in hearing that I'm sorry and I was mm. wrong, it is validating your experiences. Mm. We're out mm. here gaslighting mm. everyone everywhere without even necessarily um, being aware of it. So the manipulation then comes in. So when we are just having that space and being fully in, involved in the, nat- in, in the nature of just conversing in that in, in that sense then we're healing a lot more and so in, in a therapy space people then avoid it because then there's going to be a sense of judgment because they know mm. and now having to place them out for the world to see and then god forbid my my son or my daughter hears me you know kind of saying these things then they also feel like the power balances are are, are shifted mm. and it's not about gaining or losing power it's about hearing each other out so that we can better communicate conflict is as a result of a uh, miscommunication is that a thing though Apalisa, in our communities i mean Hubua. already Hubua, talking is I mean, sitting down with your dad or your mom and understanding, helping them understand how they probably did you wrong. Mm. That's already a big thing. And yes. now you want to bring everybody in one room yeah. and talk to a stranger? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky, man, Kevin. It's tricky. I, you know, sometimes also, and it's interesting, when I was having an earlier session this morning, mm. what you need to sometimes kind, kind of get to is understanding that in the same way another person's... Um, their script is not necessarily the one that you have to follow. Mm. You have to give them the same respect that mm. they can't necessarily give you what it is you want. And if you've initially started in that direction of, okay, Clement, this is what happened. Please, you know, um, apologize to me. And you mm. don't. Mm. I then have to find that resolution and that sense of space and safety for myself by creating closure for me. Because mm. otherwise you're holding on and pausing until mang mang ning ning gai gai says exactly what you want. And that's mm. not fair because you don't want that from, the, you're not necessarily trying to give them that. So mm. why do they need to give it to you? Mm. So resting yourself in, I've made the attempt. Always try because that is an option that you have. Mm. And if that option doesn't necessarily follow through, Pull back and then start paying attention to yourself. Mm. Forgive them without hearing the words, I'm sorry. You know, be, be kind. Or if you need to, for your preservation, just take a step back. But you need not necessarily consistently view how it is you are understanding your life, if it's not hurting you or anyone else intentionally, as being wrong. Mm. It's just different. Yeah, here are some more voice notes that have come through. Hi, Clement. It's Maxwell here from North Riding. I am actually getting interested on your topic. I am one dad who wants my kids to follow what I want. I grew up with her. I don't drink any alcohol at all. So at this stage, I've got kids that are grown up in their late teens, and I get very upset if one of them is actually drunk or went out with his friends and get drunk. I get so upset and I feel like controlling that child too much. But thanks for that conversation. I am being educated on just let the kids do what they feel is good for them. So um, I want us to distinguish something here, Palisa, because it's one thing to accept that I wasn't drinking and, and my child drinks, but it's another to 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 have a responsibility to demonstrate to your children irresponsible drinking and the consequences of that right so so how do you how do parents then distinguish that that it's not that i'm trying to dictate to you 
how to live and like don't drink but it's i mean when you're doing it this way where i don't know you're coming back home at 5 a.m you've got a job you've got school to go to that is irresponsible and that must not be acceptable mm. it's an age-appropriate stance of that mm. type of a con- conversation when you're speaking to an adult it's about sitting them down and expressing with you okay this is what the outcomes of this can be yes. you can continue to live like this but again these are the options and mm. please don't get annoyed with me but that is that's literally mm. what we have options and understanding that you can access them and mm. do with them as you wish but also that the guidelines that i place are not out of um an attempt to as you said control mm. we need to say the words don't make the assumption that your child will be able to interpret it the way that you are intending it mm. say it as it is so i'm worried because this is the basis of my fear yes. and when my fear comes in the outcome of it is this mm. so the, the anger is just it's a symptom it's just like okay this is the response mm. there's a fear there's a concern there's anxiety there's a worry verbalize that to your child mm. um, especially if they're a little bit older verbalize and say i am worried for this mm. so that when they step outside it's not so much um your parents being concerned because they don't they want to dictate how things move forward mm. but because for them there's an innate concern about your livelihood yeah. and your safety and and the reality is they also cannot protect you from other things what yeah. they can do is say these are the consequences of these actions and sometimes um, as young people um we have to go out there experience certain things some of them are painful Mm. chair, get Mm. banned Mm. and then you realize and see Mm. what your parents um were were saying much earlier and what it means because now you've experienced it Mm. and then you've got a different perspective Mm. here's another voice note hey clement thank you for such a thought-provoking conversation um as i've been listening and driving I'm getting married next month and I'm born again, I'm Christian, Uh, grew up in a Christian family, but my dad is very, um, he believes in African spirituality. And so I've asked so very nicely that I don't want them to slaughter and, you know, do the whole um, cultural activities because it's just not what I believe in. And I've been very, very respectful about it but i feel like my family is not reciprocating you know i've supported them in whatever that they believe and just this once where the marriage is about me i mean it's my wedding um they want to impose their own cultural beliefs um yeah it's really unfair oh i hear you you know this is hitting home for me palissa because um uh, I, I was in a situation in my family where um, my brother was about to get married and, and he was going to play Lobola to this be- beautiful, wonderful woman. And, and the parents, I remember, my family wanted to do things this way. Yeah. Then my brother said, but no, this is what we believe in. This is what we want to do. And they were on opposite ends. Mm. And I remember I had to take the role of a mediator. <laughs> so I had to go to my parents and say, this is not just about you. It's yes. about, yes, so much so about the family, but it's about my brother as well. I had to go to my brother as well. It's not just about you. <laughs> it's about families coming together. So at yeah. some point, you need to meet each other halfway. And I'm so glad that that mediation worked because they were able to compromise on certain Wait. things. So my brother said, okay, you want to do this thing? don't do this maybe do it this way and then my parents say okay you also want us to do it this way how about this way and they had to meet each other somewhere so it's not your way or Mm. their way it's what are we agreeing to do absolutely which in many ways like we rightfully said right now 
it's not about either one mm. it's about a higher power mm. whatever that power is and you know especially when it comes to the voice note the lady first of all congratulations yeah um i think you know you also need to kind of separate yourself from the how do I even put it? The, 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 the level or the engagement that is taking place mm. above you. Mm. You know, as Kim and Kite rightfully said right now, this is the bringing together of two families. Mm. Now, that does not necessarily mean that what it is you desire and what it is you want for this beginning stage of your new chapter needs to be thrown to the side. Mm. No. However, there are sometimes things that you just need to grin and bear for the sake of the goodness of your family. Blessings, especially as black people, we know it is important. Mm. And it's just a moment where this needs to just pass but even in that that can be negotiated that can be saying okay yeah we can do this but please a b c whatever whatever it is again mm. communicate and just express it right? express it i mean i always say to people that you've got to remember that in anything that you do in any engagement that you have it's not one-sided but you always have to be aware that the compromise that you give mm. should not necessarily hurt or well, it, should, it should be yeah it should it shouldn't hurt but your sacrifice should be temporary mm. so always consider that Mm. Am I compromising for and um, for a short period of time? And is the sacrifice hurting me? And if at any point those are on the other scale, then it's maybe not necessarily the most beneficial for you. And and parents will surprise you sometimes. I mean, I'm I, I'm really impressed even with how my parents handled it because they are like very you know rigid in yeah. these specific beliefs and yeah. they want to do things this way. But mm. as soon as you started having conversations with them to say, but no, guys, know that this is their wedding as well mm. and as much as this is about you it's also largely so about them so how do we meet each other halfway and i was actually quite impressed with how <laughs> they were open to other suggestions of yeah. okay how do we compromise Absolutely. so sometimes we we undermine that ability for our parents to get it while we sit down with them so we don't start the conversation because we've already made up our minds that there's no way they're going to agree exactly. that we do it this way and all you hear in response is defense they're saying no okay i need to attack yeah. there's my bomb there's my yeah. grenade defense mechanism yeah. fully. so don't walk into any sort yeah. of conversation expecting from the other because you will experience some degree of di disappointment. Come from you having an understanding for what it is you would desire and then lead from there. Yeah. Oh, Balissa, thank you so much for coming through. No, this you. has been brilliant. You've done a great job in helping us understand and start having these conversations. I really um, appreciate you coming into the studio. Uh, that is Balissa Khadebe.